You're listening to the Weekly Sermon Podcast from Liberty Family Church. For more information about our church, head to the website, libertyfamilychurch.net.au. When it comes to doing any kind of building project, you want to be certain that you are laying whatever you're building on the right stuff. If you're laying pad footings or perhaps you're creating a large concrete slab for a shed or a house even, you want to make sure that any concrete that you go ahead and lay is sitting firmly on a solid foundation, solid clay or solid rock. You don't want to be laying concrete on a a shonky foundation. You don't want to lay concrete directly onto sand or, or loose soil. You can be guaranteed that eventually, if not immediately, your foundation will fail and whatever structure you go and build on top will be significantly compromised. Perhaps you have been fortunate enough in life to go on a holiday overseas and have seen one particular one particularly famous tower that clearly doesn't have a very good solid foundation, the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Maybe you've seen that in real life. Well, if you haven't, it seems that Qantas will be able to get you there in 2023. So book your ticket now and and save the date. You'll be able to get over there. In all seriousness, though, it, it really doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that the foundation for the Leaning Tower of Pisa ain't that good. In fact, I did some research and discovered that the Leaning Tower of Pisa, which is known for moving quite a lot or has been up until recent stabilising works, and it, it used to move such a distance each year, but now it's only on a lean of 3.97 degrees of a tilt, which is still pretty significant tilt. The Leaning Tower of Pisa was actually built on marshy land. You see, Pisa... The word comes from the Greek word that means marshy land, funnily enough. And this whole tower, this monumental tower weighing however many countless tons, it's a heavy tower, it was built on foundations that were only three metres deep. Can you believe that? It's like this, this block that was just sort of floating on this marshy land. No wonder, no wonder it's leaning over like it is after all these years. You know, foundations are critical. They are crucial when it comes to building structures that will last, that will stand the test of time. And in Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 to 27, Jesus concludes his Sermon on the Mount by actually sharing a parable about building on foundations. And this parable actually reminds us of the importance of that we need to think about, the importance for us to build our lives on the very best foundation that we can. Actually, to build our lives on the only sure foundation that is in existence. What is this foundation that Jesus speaks of? Well, let's explore this passage of Scripture today to find out. How about we pray as we open up God's Word together this morning? Lord Jesus, we are just in awe of you. We thank you so much for the wonder of your Sermon on the Mount. And Lord, as we bring this look at your Sermon on the Mount to a close today, we pray, God, that you would just really 
Speak powerfully to each of us, Lord, that you would help us to heed this final warning of Jesus so that we are firmly planted, so that we are planted on the only sure foundation in existence. Speak to us by your spirit, we pray. We want to give you all the honour and all the glory as we explore the truth together right now. So we pray this, Jesus, in your precious name. Amen. Turn with me now to Matthew chapter 7 and let's read verses 24 to 27 together now. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because It had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. There it is. Jesus' fourth and final warning or if we want to look at it in a positive light, a real encouragement to each and every one of us. Don't be a fool, be a wise man and build your life on the rock. At the start of verse 24, Jesus says, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them. Jesus is referring here when he says these words, other translations have it as therefore at the start of that particular quote of Jesus Christ. Jesus is referring to everything that he has said previously. Some Bible translations, as I said, have that word, therefore, at the very beginning of verse 24. And so we can safely say, we can conclude that Jesus is talking about every single thing that he has said thus far in his Sermon on the Mount, all the way from Matthew chapter 5, verse 1, all the way through to chapter 7, verse 27. Jesus is making a final appeal to us. And he's highlighting again for the last time that every woman, child, man on earth has a choice to make. We need to decide the road that we are going to choose to walk on in this life. Jesus was challenging his hearers then to consider which road of two they were going to take. Either they were going to trust in and then follow him in life or they were going to continue to trust in and follow the religious establishment of the day. And for us, we have a similar choice to make between two options as well. Jesus' words here in Matthew 7, they really challenge us to ultimately, I believe, consider this. Are we going to trust in and follow Jesus Or are we going to trust in and follow the ways and priorities and foundations of the world? As we were reminded of last week, it's one thing to acknowledge Jesus' teaching and it's another thing altogether to follow and actually do Jesus' teaching. It's another thing to actually live it out, to make it the very foundation of our lives. And Jesus says in verse 24 that doing 
which essentially means following his teaching, obeying his commands, is the very key to being like that wise man that he describes who chooses to build his life on the rock. Now, I'm sure each and every one of us listening, we want to be like that wise man. We want to be wise children. We want to be wise men. We want to be wise women of God who choose to build our lives upon this rock. So what is this rock that Jesus is talking of right here? It's him, himself. Jesus is referring to himself as being, and himself and his teaching, as being the rock on which the wise build their lives. The only sure foundation that we could ever have in life, the only truly sure foundation that exists is Jesus Christ and his way. As we've seen throughout Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' words are the only foundation, the only foundation for life. And the great news is, is that they can be our sure foundation. They can be our sure foundation, our solid hope and rock on which we can stand when we allow them to truly take root in our hearts and allow Holy Spirit to empower us to actually live them out in life, to to operate as kingdom children, loving God and loving others with passion and conviction. Because as we saw last week, it's not enough to merely acknowledge that Jesus is a good teacher or that his teaching is pretty good or even just to kind of acknowledge that he is Lord. Jesus says that we need to actually embrace and do what he says. We need to live out Jesus' kingdom teaching for his glory, for the good of others, and what a blessing it's actually going to be for our good as well. James, one of the key figures in the New Testament, he reminds us of how utterly foolish it is to hear God's word and then to not do or obey God's word. He, as Jesus does in Matthew 7, verses 21 to 23, he reminds us that when we actually do this, we're only deceiving ourselves. We are deceiving ourselves. Here's what he says in James chapter 1, verse 22. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. If we hear God's word, but don't respond to and actually do his word, Jesus in Matthew 7, 26 says that we are like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Jesus makes this foundational spiritual truth in his Sermon on the Mount perfectly clear for us right here. True believers hear his words, and then obey his words. As my ESV study Bible says, disciples who build their lives on the bedrock of Jesus and his message of the kingdom of heaven are truly wise, regardless of the shifting cultural or religious fashions. 
Jesus goes on in his parable to talk about the storms of life and how people who build on these two very different foundations are affected by the inevitable storms that come. You know, we know this full well. It's been pretty close to home in this season that we've been living in in 2020 with the COVID-19 global pandemic. We know full well that sometimes storms of life, they just come. We can't do anything about them. They come in like an uninvited guest and they wreak havoc uh, all around and they can be really horrible things to have to deal with. But we know that storms of life will come. We face many storms in life. Things don't always go well for us. Sometimes this life is incredibly difficult and not at all enjoyable. If you read the Bible, you'll know that just because we're Christians, we're not immune from suffering. If anything, Jesus suggests that as Christians, we will likely suffer more for his name's sake. Just because we're Christian doesn't mean we won't suffer. Sometimes in life, the storms that we face might be relational storms or they might be financial storms or they might come in the form of health challenges and hardships. One thing we can be sure of in this life is that we will face challenges of many, many kinds. And Jesus here in his parable reminds us of the great news for us. It's news that should give us hope. It's news that should be encouraging for each one of us. And that is that if we are firmly planted on him and on the truth of his word, the storms that we face in life will not ultimately overcome us. They will not keep us down. They will not destroy us. You know, this is a really common interpretation from this passage. And I think it is. It's right. I I think it's a great top level takeaway from what Jesus teaches here. And I think there's an underlying message that Jesus is also getting across if we dig a little deeper in terms of these storms. You see, when Jesus speaks of storms, he's not just speaking about storms that we might face in this life, but He's, I believe he's alluding to the final storm, judgment. As one pastor explains, Jesus is speaking here of the last storm, the judgment of God against sin on the last day, the day of the Lord. And the question Jesus raises is, on the last day, will your house stand? Now, the wonderful news is that if we are daughters and sons of God, then we have absolutely nothing to worry about in facing God on that day. If we've chosen to follow Jesus, if we've built our house on the rock, we have nothing to fear. Praise God. Jesus has paid the price for our sin. Our sin has been judged once and for all, for all time, on Calvary's cross, and we have been forgiven and we have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. God has forgiven us and he has declared us to be completely righteous the moment we've placed our faith in Jesus Christ. If we've dug deep, as Luke's account of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount puts it, digging deep and digging in foundations to be firmly planted 
on the rock. If we've done that, if we've put those deep foundations on Jesus and on his teaching, we will not face judgment like that described by Jesus. And we'll actually be protected from the fullness of God's wrath and righteous judgment against sin. The judgment that you and I actually deserved. But, and this is the sobering truth in what Jesus sort of concluding his sermon and this profound teaching down to. He says, but if we build our house on sand, on anything other than Jesus, not only are we likely to get tossed about by the storms of this life, but ultimately, as Jesus said in Matthew 7 and verse 13, we will face the storm, the final storm of God's righteous judgment and God's wrath against sin alone. Jesus won't be there as our intermediary. He won't be there. God won't be looking at Jesus to see us and seeing that we are forgiven and cleansed. We will be standing before him alone. And we will, Jesus says it, not me, we will face destruction and will be eternally separated from God. This is not easy to hear. This is not easy at all. But Jesus said it, and so it's true. It's important that we really hear this warning for what it is. So much, so much is at stake with the foundation we choose in life, friends. So much is at stake in this life, absolutely, but also as Jesus is ultimately pointing us to in the next as well for eternity. And that's why Jesus goes as hard as he does and far out. Like Jesus has gone hard in this Sermon on the Mount, hasn't he? He he hasn't let any of us off the hook. He has laid it out clear and simple and told us how much is truly at stake. And Jesus has gone hard and urges us to embrace him, to, to reject any other foundation that we could build our lives upon and choose to build our lives on the only true, sure foundation, on him. You know, it's no wonder that Matthew concludes that Jesus, his account of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 7 with what we find in verses 28 and 29. And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribes. We should be astonished as we reflect on and hear and allow Jesus' teaching to truly grip our hearts. We should be astonished, no question. But, but, as we've been reminded of again today, we are only wise. We are only wise, Jesus says, if we hear, if we do, and if we base our very lives on the sure rock, the sure foundation, Jesus and his words. I'm wondering, friends, what foundation are you building your life on right now? Are you building your life on the only sure foundation that is Jesus Christ and his word, his truth? Or are you building your life on another foundation, anything that is not Jesus Christ. 
I want to give each of us an opportunity in just a moment to take some time to to take stock, to to pause and reflect and really consider these questions because, as Jesus says, these are key crucial questions that every single one of us need to honestly consider. We need to honestly consider. So I want us to, to take a moment to reflect on these questions and ultimately how we are going to choose to respond to Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Are we going to be like so many who would have been astonished at Jesus' teaching and yet just kind of walk away and think of him as a, as a profound spiritual man? Or are we going to be people who humbly come before him and just say, Jesus, you are Lord. You are Lord. Will you take me, God? Will you forgive me? Will you cleanse me? Will you create in me that new, clean, pure heart so that I can be of service to you, so that I can follow you all my days and serve you with everything I've got? You know, maybe you've never actually considered following Jesus before, but for whatever reason, even as you've heard me share some of these things this morning, you're just feeling like this this weird sensation inside or this stirring up. With inside, maybe it's in your in your stomach. You're feeling a bit tight and a bit anxious, or something like that. Can I encourage you? Maybe that is actually Jesus reaching out to you right now. Maybe that is Jesus Christ urging you to come to Him, to come and just repent, which means to to turn another way, which in your case would mean to turn to Jesus and say, I don't want to walk this way anymore. I want to live with you. I want to experience this life with you. I want to be free. I want to be forgiven. Will you, will you cleanse me? Will you make me new? Will you give me this beautiful, pure heart that I've heard all about today? Maybe if that's you, can I encourage you, choose today to follow Jesus. Don't delay. None of us know when our Time is up here on earth, do we? Don't delay. Don't leave it too late. Come to Jesus today. He's ready and waiting with open arms, waiting to welcome you into his family and to restore you and to be with you and to journey with you through every step of life each and every day. Turn to him today. Perhaps you've been a Christian for many, many years and for whatever reason, as you've gone through hearing the Sermon on the Mount or even just today's message, you've come to the realisation that for whatever reason, you're just a little bit off track. Something's not quite right. Perhaps for you, you think of how you once were when it came to following Jesus. You were full of life and passion and had just a strong, beautiful conviction and desire to see people saved and free in Jesus Christ. And for whatever reason, you've just gone a bit cold. You're not as passionate as you once were. Well, can I encourage you that the same is true for you today? The same is true for you. Jesus is ready and waiting to reveal more of his love for you. Jesus is ready and waiting to fan into flame that passion for him and for his kingdom. He wants to see you flourish as a precious member of his family. He wants to use you for his glory, for the good of others, and also for your good as well, to bring you meaning and purpose and fulfilment in this life. Can I just encourage you, choose to approach him afresh today with a humble heart and a desire to simply connect with him and honour him and worship him. Let's do that right now. Let's take that moment right now and just take some time to pray, to consider those questions 
and to invite Holy Spirit to minister to each of our hearts. May we all grow with Holy Spirit's power and enabling help to be women, men and children who build our very lives on the only sure foundation, Jesus Christ himself. Let's pray as we close our time in God's word together today. Lord Jesus, we are just in awe. We are astonished at your teaching, Jesus. Your teaching is profound. Your teaching is incredible. Your teaching is like nothing else that has ever been nor ever will be. And God, we thank you that you don't call us to just be astonished, but you call us to respond. And so, Jesus, we pray that as we've looked at this passage this morning and more broadly as we've looked at the Sermon on the Mount over many, many Sundays, God, we pray that you would help us to be people who respond to you and respond to the truth that you share in your word, in the Bible, so that, God, we would honour you, we would be live lives sold out in service for your glory for the good of others. And Lord, it would also bring about good in our lives as we grow more in your character, as we find purpose and hope and meaning and discover what it means to be truly living this abundant life that you have for each one of us. So Holy Spirit, would you move in each of our hearts and help us all, whether we're, we've just even this morning encountered your love for the first time, or maybe whether we're still kind of thinking, am I going to reach out or am I not? Or if we've been a Christian and we're just reconnecting with you in a beautiful way, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would draw everyone to yourself so that we would all be people who would follow you and enjoy you and worship and serve you all the days of our lives with joy. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.